Amen, amen. Good afternoon, good evening, Kensington Temple. Wasn't that a wonderful video? Yes, yeah, So beautiful, just declaring and showing God's wonders. If you don't know me, my name is Corin Jess, as Pastor Mark just introduced me, and I have the wonderful privilege tonight of sharing the Word of God with you. So I just want to start by praying and just asking the Lord to come, as he already is here, but in full measure. Lord, we just thank you for tonight. Lord, we just thank you for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for how you've moved through our worship. And Lord, we just pray, Lord, that as we share the word now, as we talk about what you've written down for us, Lord, would you open our hearts and our minds to receive and to understand and to gain new revelation of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So have you ever stopped and thought about how two people can be in the same place at the same time? and have two completely different accounts of what has happened. A whole, I heard this old folktale recently. There was basically a community of people, and they were struggling because there was a terrible drought. The animals were dying, the crops were withering away, and everyone was getting really desperate for the rain. And weeks turned to months, and the drought just didn't seem like it was going anywhere, and everyone was really desperate for water. And in sheer desperation, a priest called everyone together to a field to pray for rain. And they all gathered together. All the crowds came. And in the midst of the crowd, there was an 11-year-old girl. And she stood out from everyone in the crowd because she was holding an open, multicolored umbrella in the midst of the huge crowd. And some people looked at her and they were like, what are you doing? Why is she doing this? And she was, they were whispering and jeering and talking to each other. And then the girl turned to a member of one of the people in the crowd and she said, I believe that when we pray, God is going to send the rain. And her eyes were glistening with excitement. She brought her umbrella because she believed that God was going to send this rain. And for God, for this girl... This was an opportunity for God to move in power, and she wasn't going to miss it for the world. She was ready, she was waiting, and she was prepared. But in the same place, in the same crowd, were people who completely missed it. They were completely lost to what God was doing. They didn't see this as a faith act, and all they could see was this 11-year-old girl with an umbrella, and they were just too busy laughing at her and poking fun. Now, I wanted to start with this story because I believe it's really important that we hear that in one place, two people can come and have two completely different experiences in the same place and come up with two completely different accounts. And so over the last few weeks, we've been focusing on one of the greatest accounts in human history, the day of Pentecost, the day when God poured out his Holy Spirit across the whole earth. Jesus had been crucified, but had appeared to the disciples to tell them to go to Jerusalem and to wait until God poured out the Holy Spirit over them so that they would be enabled to do their work. And so there they were, they were all gathered in the upper room, you know, a bit like how we're all gathered here today. And then it happened, God poured out his Holy Spirit on human flesh. Over the last five weeks, as Pastor Mark explained, we've been delving into what actually happened. What actually happened when God poured out his Holy Spirit on the earth? 
We were talking about spirit as wind. We were talking about the unity of the people gathered. We were talking about how the gift of tongues was released and how people were filled with the Holy Spirit. And tonight, I want to focus on Acts 2, verse 11. In this scripture, it says that the outpouring was a wonderful work of God. Can anyone say it there? A wonderful work of God. Yes, and in other translations, it says that it was declaring the wonders of God. So let's read it together. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Let's say one place. And then suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's say filled with the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. And began to speak in other tongues. Let's say speak in other tongues. As the Spirit enabled them. And now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they saw this, heard this sound, a crowd came together. Let's say crowd came together. In bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. And utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of them hears us in our native language? Parthians and Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. You know, I could read this passage of scripture over and over and never get tired of it because this account is a supernatural account. It's a supernatural account of what God can do. You know, the Holy Spirit breaks out into the upper room and what happens in the upper room is not contained to the upper room. Instead, It says in verse five and six that the crowds of Jewish people were drawn to what was happening. They were literally drawn in. And we know that it was the day of Pentecost. And this was a time of year when people from all over the world, Jewish people from all over the world would come together to come to Jerusalem to offer their first fruits to God. And then when we look at verses eight to 11, We also learn a bit about these Jewish people, the different types of people that they were. They come from the Jewish diaspora and they had traveled from places like modern day Iraq, Iran, Turkey, Syria, Egypt, and Rome. And so this is the Jewish diaspora of people coming together. Now this Jewish crowd had come from all over the world and they could not see, they could not believe what they saw before their very eyes. They were were completely in shock. They couldn't understand how Jesus's followers who were clearly from Galilee were suddenly speaking in their native languages. And it was mind-boggling because God was giving these people supernatural language abilities and it was plain for everyone to see with their own eyes. And that's why I find when we read Acts 2 verse 13, I find it really surprising that in the middle of this first outpouring of the Holy Spirit on earth, 
there were some people there who completely missed it. These were people who were standing in the midst of the glory, in the same place, at the same time, and they were turning up their noses at a move of God. They were laughing and jeering and saying, those guys are drunk on new wine. They're drunk on new wine. How can this be? How can these people be in the same place at the same time as the wonderful work of God and completely miss it? You know, as I was preparing this message, the Lord dropped a phrase into my heart. And it goes like this, don't miss it, don't minimize it, and praise God for what he's doing. Don't miss it, don't minimize it, and praise God for what he's doing. It came like a song. But say it with me tonight, don't miss it, don't minimize it, and praise God for what he's doing. Praise God for what he's doing. Praise God. You know, I want to ask you all a really important question tonight. Are you a person that is open to experiencing the wonders of God? Or has life made you a bit cynical? You know, wouldn't it be amazing if we could all be like that 11-year-old girl who came ready and expectant and waiting for a move of God. Can you imagine the miracles that God would be able to pour out if we were open to what he was gonna do? What could he do in our own lives? What could he do in this church? What could he do in our nation? What would happen if we could drown out all those negative voices? You know, we meet people like this all the time. Those people who wanna laugh at the 11-year-old girl and think it's really funny. We meet people who wanna you know, relegate a move of God to drunkenness and, you know, want to laugh at what is happening in the body of Christ. We meet these people all the time. But in the same way, in the upper room, some had relegated what God had done. They had minimized what God had done. Sometimes it is easier, I believe, that we think it's easier to just laugh and mock at things we don't really understand. You know, but God says tonight, don't miss it. Don't minimize it, and praise God for what he's doing. Amen. So how firstly not to miss it? You know, to not miss it, to not miss the wonderful work of God, we need to be able to stop. We need to be able to stand still, and we need to be able to speak out what we see. You know, whenever we see the stamp of God's handiwork, we need to declare it. You know, a few months back, I was at a conference, and it was a trainee conference for ministers. And we were all gathered together, and it was a bit like, you know, they were trying to recreate an upper room experience. And so we were all gathered together in this room, and we were beginning to worship, and we were encouraged that if any of us had any prophetic words or any songs that came to us, that we could come up to the front. Now, in the midst of this, you know, deep worship, like we were in some really deep, intense worship, it was great. There was this man who made his way from the back of the crowd. And he basically was coming forward and he was shaking. He was shaking, like really shaking. And then he made his way to the front where the mics were. And he could barely speak. He was crying uncontrollably. And he started to explain what had happened to him. Basically, as the worship had been going and as we'd been speaking in tongues, he was standing next to an English guy. And this English guy just suddenly in the midst of his tongues, started to speak in his native Nigerian language. And he he just, he was blown away. 
And then the English guy obviously had no idea that he was speaking in this language. But the Nigerian guy was like, oh, you don't, you don't understand. You know, God has spoken, God has spoken, God has spoken. And he just sent a chill for everyone. We, we were like, whoa, because God had spoken through this guy. And it was extraordinary. It was extraordinary. After he declared what he declared out of his mouth, the praise and worship in that room went to a whole nother level. A whole nother level. And it was extraordinary. You know, God was present and he had made his presence known. And at that moment, we got excited because we didn't want to miss what God was doing. Man had declared it. He had declared it. And he'd had the faith and the expectation to declare what had happened. And it was like, in a way, being like in the book of Acts all over again. And so how can we make sure that we don't miss what God is doing? I believe that we need to be patient. You know, when we think about what was happening in the upper room, everybody gathered there was there for a long time. We're talking about 40 days when Jesus said to his followers, go to Jerusalem and wait for power. Wait for the Holy Spirit to be poured out. These guys were waiting. They were expectant. They were there. You know, imagine what would have happened if one of them had left on day 22 or someone else had just walked out on day 39. It might have all been different, but they were there and they were patient and they were waiting. We also need to be able to practice declaring the wonders of God and speaking out what God is doing with our mouths. I get it. You know, sometimes life is tough. Sometimes we go for a really horrible week, you know, and we're dealing with like people just being mean and all sorts of injustices and and pain and struggle and stress and trial. And in the midst of it, you know, you get to the end of the week and the last thing some of you might feel like doing is praising the Lord or declaring or even thinking about his wondrous works. But God says that we should. We should stop and we should acknowledge who he is. We should acknowledge who he is and we should speak it out with our mouths. This is exactly what we need to do. You know, in the midst of Job's suffering in um, Job chapter 37, we read that even in the midst of his suffering, Job, we all know, had lost his health, he'd lost his family and he'd lost his wealth and things were not looking good. But in the midst of that trauma, in the midst of that suffering, you know what it says? The scripture says, listen to this, O Job, stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. Do you know when God dispatches them and causes the light of his cloud to shine? Do you know how the clouds are balanced? Those wondrous works of him who is perfect in knowledge. It's like paying attention to the wonders of God is a much needed spoon of medicine for a trying time. You know, God's creation, when we look at it in its full glory, when we look and we pay attention to the wonders, it's mind-blowing. Think back to the video we just watched earlier. You know, the hummingbird, the eagle, the thunder. These acts of nature are incredible when we look at them. And you know, I don't know if you're anything like me, but every time I go out, like, um, you know, in nature, and I wander around in nature, I always seem to get, like, reset instantly. It's almost like I'll look at the stars and I'm like, wow. Or I'll, I'll just, you know, be wandering around and just be like tiny in comparison to some tall ancient tree. And I'm looking at this tree and I'm just like, wow, God, 
It's almost like it forces me to remember and say to myself, Corin, look at how big God is. God is omnipotent, Corin. God is omniscient. He's omnipresent, which means he's always everywhere. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. And I'm reminded of my situation, and it's almost like, Corin, get a grip. Corin, get a grip. And it's not a bad thing. It's not like I know that, you know, God is, doesn't care about what I'm going through. I know he cares about my situation. I know he cares, and he's walking alongside me. But it's almost like he's saying in the midst of it, Corin, check out that. I created that, Corin. I created that, and I have the capacity to change your situation. I have the capacity to make things different. Can you see that? Can you see that? I see you. I see you. I see you. So don't miss it. Don't minimize it, and praise God for what he's doing. We mustn't miss it. We mustn't miss it. Second point, we mustn't miss it. You know, here's the thing. I believe that in our society, you know, we're all just too clever. We're just so clever. <laughs> we know everything about everything. You know, we've got our little search engines, we can get our phone out, we can read this and read that, and you know, at the, t- at the tip of a button, we can get any information or any fact that we want really quickly. And in all of that, sometimes we just think, oh yeah, you know, we know everything. And we basically minimize what God has done and the fact that he's the one that's created it in the first place. You know, I think about wonderful works like the human brain, and I was researching that the human brain has 86 billion brain cells in it. Can you imagine? 86 billion brain cells. And in a tiny bit of brain, the size of a small grain of sand, there are about a million neurons and synapses all interacting all at the same time. Can you imagine how extraordinary our brains are? And may I add, our brains are actually faster than any computer. Any chat GPT, for what those of you who know what I'm talking about. Yeah? Our brains are bigger. Our brains are bigger. And because of our brains being so big and extraordinary, you know, we just minimize the wonders of God. Sometimes we can reason away the magnitude of creation. Or we can put that healing that you know that God did down to a random occurrence, or at best, a coincidence. One of the easiest ways to not remember something, sorry, one of the easiest ways to minimize something is to not remember it at all. That's actually one of the easiest ways to minimize something. If we look at the children of Israel, they witnessed Wondrous work after wondrous work after wondrous work after wondrous work. It's like God did everything for them. He broke them out of Egypt. He broke them out of Pharaoh's oppression. And then he parted the Red Sea and enabled them to escape. And then he led them through the wilderness and he gave them bread, manna from heaven. He gave them quail, meat to eat. And he even broke a rock and poured out water for them. You know, the children of Israel saw a lot of things. And in all of it, they still needed a strategy to remember what they'd gone through. When we read Joshua 4, it tells us about how the children of Israel had to erect a monument of 12 stones. God told them, he said, look, 
erect a monument of 12 stones. And it's like God was saying to them, I want you to remember that I brought you out of Egypt. All 12 tribes of you I brought out of Egypt to the promised land. And every time you or your descendants are wandering around or come to this monument of 12 stones, I want you to look up and I want you to remember that it was me who brought you out of Egypt. That was what God was saying. And he wanted them to have this monument to remember. But when I think about it, I'm just like, Lord, why did they need that? Why did they need this monument? And it's almost like Psalm 26, 7 answers, and it says that I may proclaim with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all your wondrous works. Yeah, Yeah, we need to speak it out. And they needed this. They needed a remembrance. They needed a remembrance of what had happened. Now, I know many of you in this room, you will have experienced the power of God. Is there anyone in this room who has been broken free from addiction. Amen. Just look around you. Is there anyone in this room who has been delivered? Is there anyone in this room who has been healed in their body or in their mind? Amen, look around you. Look around you. God is doing miracle after miracle after miracle. And could God be calling you today to record those milestones, just like he did for the children of Israel, those supernatural moves of God so that they become a living history and not a dead one? We need to remember. You know, I know we get a lot of stick for being this selfie generation. You know, we're always like taking selfies and this direction, that direction. We love selfies. Does anyone love selfies in this room? Yeah, we love selfies. So the fact is we're always taking these pictures, but maybe we can recover selfies for our own good. Maybe we can use these selfies to take spiritual milestones of when God moves in our lives. When you know for a fact that God has shifted something, why not take a selfie? Why not take a remembrance of what God did at that time? Maybe you can write it down and you can remember what God has done. You know, I believe that some of you here need to hear, this is a word that I felt like God was saying as I was preparing this, is that God wants you to know that, you know, we're talking about all these big, wonderful works, but God wants you to know that you are a wonderful work of God. Do you know that? You're a wonderful work of God, and he wants you to know that tonight. And also, the the other word I had was that he doesn't only want you to know that you're a wonderful work of God, he wants to partner with you in bringing about new, wonderful works of God. That's what God wants to do. Amen. And so, on to our third and final point. Don't miss it, don't minimize it, and praise God for what he's doing. Praise God for what he's doing. Church, we have a lot to be grateful for. When I think about how God, in the book of Acts, poured out his Holy Spirit on all flesh, how he gave ordinary people supernatural language abilities, and how here we are 2,000 years later, still enjoying the same Holy Spirit, the same Jesus, and the same God, it blows my mind away. Praise God for what he's been doing and what he's going to do. It's like the only thing we have left to do when we think about this is to praise. You know, in praise and worship, we get to use God's wonder of music because that itself is a wonder. That's another wonder. We get to use his wonder of music and we we get to declare to him how wonderful he is with the wonder that he's created. 
You know, it's extraordinary. It's extraordinary what God does. We get to sing. And we get to sing about how amazing he is. And, you know, some of you might be here and you're like, well, I already praise, you know. I do thank God. I'm really grateful. But the fact is, we need to go to a place where we can praise in thanksgiving. And we cannot minimize what God is doing. You know, in praise, we get to stand still. We get to magnify God. And we get to give him our rightful place, his rightful place in our lives. You know, God should be top and center stage of all our lives. He shouldn't be pushed to a Sunday somewhere. He should be top and center stage. And God wants to hear your praise. You know, you can't have someone else praise God for the wonderful things that he's done for you. That doesn't even make sense. You're the one that's received what God has done for you in your life, so you need to praise him. He wants to hear your praise. Psalm 105, one to two puts it like this. It says, oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among Israel, the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wondrous works. You know, as we declare of his wondrous works, we remember that God has a lot of capacity to do a lot of wonderful things. And it's also really important that praise brings breakthrough in our lives. You know, God calls us to praise so that we can break through in situations. When I think of um, Paul and Silas in the book of Acts, when they were shut up in jail and it all looked very bleak for them, what did they begin to do? They began to praise and they began to worship God. And as they began to praise and worship God, an, an earthquake came and it broke open the jail where they were, and they were free. The walls of Jericho, the walls of Jericho. Think about the walls of Jericho. When the people let out a sound of praise, the walls came tumbling down. Praise is our weapon. Praise is our way of breakthrough. And praise basically helps us understand those wonders that are beyond our understanding. And you know, tonight we're called to praise him. So as we come into land, Let's remember, number one, don't miss it. Let's say it out. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Let's get not miss it. You know, this week, take time out to think about all the amazing things that God has done in your life. Document them. Get a journal. Take a selfie. <laughs> do whatever you need to do to remember these milestones that God has done in your life. What a wondrous God we serve. And he wants us to remember what he's doing. Number two, don't minimize it. Let's say it. Don't minimize it. Don't minimize what God is doing. Again, maybe as you're walking through nature, be like, Lord, please help me to think about all the things that I'm currently minimizing in my life. All those things that I think aren't that great. They're not that important. And I'm just minimizing them. And Lord, help me to realize that they're not minimal, but they're massive. Yeah, that's what God wants us to do this week. He wants us to talk to him and have a conversation. And some of you might be like, well, I don't really know how to do that. Go out into nature, walk around, quieten yourself down, and the Lord will speak. He will show you things. Maybe even as I'm talking now, you're thinking of all the things that you've minimized, the things that you've done away with. And thirdly, praising God. I believe that God wants us to break open and open up into a new place 
of praise and worship. Yeah. yeah, he wants us to get to a new depth of worship. And he wants us to sing out what he's done, but he also wants us to prophetically declare what he's going to do. That's what praise is. It gives us a chance to do that. A chance to declare what God is going to do. Jesus. Jesus. You know, it would be a completely amiss of me to stand here and not give thanks to God for one of the most wondrous, in fact, the most wondrous gift that we've all been given, which is the gift of Jesus. Jesus, we give you thanks tonight. We give you thanks tonight. And I believe that we need to remember that Jesus is the biggest gift that we have. Jesus has rescued us. He's rescued us from the enemy's clutches. He has given us the wondrous work of eternal life, and he has basically broken off every chain, every limitation, and every separation. And he's basically inviting us all tonight, and everyone here who doesn't even know him, to stand in the presence of God. He's saved us, he's rescued us, he's healed our hearts, and he's changed our minds. In fact, he's fixed our messed up minds. You know, Jesus is a wonder. And you know, you might be here and you might not be a believer, and you might be like, oh, this girl, this lady, she has told us all this stuff, and she has told us about Jesus, and she's told us about the Holy Spirit, and I don't quite understand. But you know, God says to you tonight that he's here, and he knows you, and he wants a relationship with you, and he wants you to stop minimizing what he's been doing in your life. Yeah? He wants you to think about those things where you might have seen his hand move, but you've said it wasn't him. Yeah, he wants you to know tonight you shouldn't be missing it. Tonight's a night not to miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss what God's doing. And so if that's you and you do want to receive Jesus tonight and you want to not miss it and and take Jesus into your heart tonight. You know, as we're worshiping, we're going to worship in a minute. I believe that as we're worshiping, the Lord's just inviting you to basically just call Jesus into your heart. Just to say, Jesus, you know, I accept that I'm a sinner. I accept that I need you. And so as best as I know how, I give you my life tonight. That's what it takes. It takes a prayer of surrender. And you can do that while we worship. And at the end, I'm going to be standing on the side, and I want to pray for you personally if you've actually made that um, confession of faith tonight. If you prayed that for the first time and you want me to pray with you, I'll be, I'll be there at the end to pray with you. And it's not over, because for believers, for those of you who are believers, I believe that God wants to break open your praise tonight. Maybe you've lost your praise. Maybe you don't praise God like you used to praise him. You know, before you used to really praise him and used to get involved and used to feel the spirit moving. But you've lost your praise because life has been hard and there's things, been some things that have happened. And you know, we, we, all, we all go there sometimes. You know, I, I, I've been there. In fact, sometimes it's a daily battle. You know, sometimes I'm lying down in my bed. You know, the Bible says meditate in your bed. I love it when, they say, when the Bible says that because it gave me an excuse to lie down and to pray. So I lie down in my bed and I meditate on the, on, on the word and I start to worship. And I'm like, God, you know, I can't feel, 
I'm not, I know we're not supposed to focus on feelings. I can hear people going, don't say that. But, you know, I know when God is moving and I, I, I feel his presence when he's moving. And sometimes I'm lying there and I'm like, I'm just, it's like I'm going through the motions and I'm like, Lord God, come, come. Like, can you, can you break in? And it's almost like as a faith act, I start to um, open my mouth and I start to praise and I start to sing out words. And that's what God's going to ask you to do tonight. He's going to ask you, you might be looking at the words and thinking, I don't even know what these words mean. But as a faith act, as you open your mouth and you say and sing out the words, you know, God is going to meet you. And that's what he does every time he meets me there in that time of praise and worship. And then it's almost like I can just feel like these chambers of my heart being unlocked to his presence. And it's like, yes, God, yes, I feel, I feel this. I know that you're here. So God wants to unblock your block places tonight. If there is anything that is stopping you from worshiping, it is a blockage, but God wants to unlock that blockage tonight. He wants to really un make you understand that praise is your weapon. And as you go through the weeks, as you go through the months, as you grow through your Christian walk, God wants you to know that he's standing there right with you. When you feel like you're lost and you don't know what's going on, he says, look up, look up to heaven. See me in operation and be reminded that I'm here and that I'm going to do what needs to be done. I haven't left you. I haven't forsaken you. I haven't forgotten about you. I'm standing right here with you. Does anyone believe that tonight? Yes, Lord.